Hello, you lovely lot. Just a quick heads up. The second topic on the virtual table today regards body image that some listeners may find triggering. Shining, it's a lovely day. Perfect morning for the kids to play. But you got lots of bills to pay. Do, do, hey. do, do, do. What do you do? Ba, Hi, ba, ba. Hi, Emily. How are you? Happy Monday. Mm. Shaking mm. it up a bit this week. It's a Monday. And um, she was tired yesterday. She yeah. had a break yesterday. Yeah. How are you, my darling? My tarling. I don't know what I was supposed to say just then, but it didn't come out right. How are you? My tarling. How are you, my tarling? That was so loud. <laughs> my Sorry. ears exploded. Um, I am... Do you think I was frozen? No. Oh, uh, did you not? <laughs> no, I, I was... just... That was that was the goal. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I um, I'm a lot better than last week. Oh, that's good. I'm not as tired. I'm not as stressed. I've been busy. I've been keeping myself busy this week. Good. Which makes me feel good. That's all that matters. Yeah. How about you? How are you? Yeah, good. I had a lovely bank holiday weekend. Mm. Um, admittedly, I missed um, a catch-up with Sam. I snaked him, basically, with two of our other friends. Because every day, this three-day weekend, in other words, for three days, Emily, God, um, me and my family went on, like, I'm calling them hikes. I mean, it wasn't a hike, but yeah. it felt like it was a long walk. And I didn't bring my phone. And I just ended up giggling with my sister, and it was just needed. So, yeah. Lovely. We're good. Shall we crack on? Crack a jack a dackin. Right. Right, Emily. Sam. Today, on this alternative Monday, we're brought to the <laughs> virtual table. So. I'm very typical. I've thought Shakespeare, haven't I? Shakespeare? This is my friend, Bill Shakespeare, yeah? As in the, the writer. I have brought him, and but I'm He's tailoring back. this. Yes! He, I, <laughs> it's going to be great! Um, yeah. I know it's very arty, but I'm very arty, and he is very prevalent at the moment because he's a fat module in my uni, basically. Mm -hmm. And I just fucking love him. Brilliant. So, um, I could give you a biography, but that's not really what I want to talk about. Cool. Can I give a brief biography? I mean, I think people know who Shakespeare are. Are? (laughs) 
was that poetry? Wow, that was a sonnet. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, uh, to the people who don't know, i.e., no one. Um, should I do this? Am I okay? Well, that's fine. Um, he was a renowned English poet, playwright, and actor. Born in the 16th century in Stratford upon Avon, prolific writer, Elizabethan era. And Jacobean. Yeah, and Jacobean, mm-hmm. started Elizabethan. Don't come for me, um, I know my Shakespeare. I know, this is why I'm excited. Um, his plays are his most enduring legacy, but he also wrote some beautiful sonnets. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote 38 plays. Two narrative poems and how many sonnets? Don't come at me, I know my Shakespeare. 317. Divide it by two. 130. <laughs> <laughs> and then add t- um, 24. Tell me, I can't be bothered to do the maths. <laughs> Sorry, 154 sonnets. Um, and yeah, basically, do you this know is them one all? fact that I do want to say. I don't know them all. I've read them all, though. Do you know who's learning them all? Uh, yes, I do. Judy Dench. Yeah, she is. I love her so much. Oh, gosh. Um, but really, fun fact, a lot of, um, about half of his plays um, were collected after he had died by his company members. So half of his plays we probably wouldn't have had if so it they... weren't for his company members saving them. As in they weren't performed? Yeah, well, they were... Um, they collected them for publication, so yeah, they weren't publicated wow. yet. I know I don't know which ones yet because I'm stuck at research, but yeah, that's crazy. So basically, if you follow the basic English curriculum from about year eight, you start studying Shakespeare in English, and I've always found that really funny because Shakespeare wrote it to be performed Mm -hmm. now i remember talking to you about this so i just want to basically hear your thoughts reiterated in my ears because what are your views on um learning shakespeare in english as opposed to doing it in a drama class because i found that a lot of students are almost um there's a, they've made a deterrent against Shakespeare being performed or going to see it because I think they associate the academic um, foundations of what we've been brought up with, mm-hmm. you know? So what are your views, madame? Um, I, I love studying Shakespeare in English. I genuinely, I mean, I'm a bit of an English nerd. Um, but I've always just really enjoyed it. I think I love that it does bridge drama and English together. Um, And I also, this is going to sound really wanky, but I love analysing text and picking it apart. And what does this mean? And why did the writer say this? And a lot of the time, I mean, I know when I write, I some when I've been writing plays or stuff, it's I'm writing the words because they're just moving the story forwards. But I still love analysing it and suggesting, well, they could have meant this and they could have meant this. 
So you're saying that you don't um, have intention when you write things down and you um, it's to move the narrative along. But I'm not even going to question it. I know for a fact that for the type of writer and the type of actor and person you are, subconsciously, you would have completely analysed in your head the way you want it to get um, written and the way you'd want to move the narrative along. Like you'll have three-dimensional char three characters all the way and therefore that is how the narrative is getting um, pushed forward. Yeah. So even though, unless it's someone like Escott, Fitzgerald when he was writing Gatsby that is just another um, can of worms a lot of the time I think writers just do what you do but because they are so exceptional and they probably did a lot of planning not a lot of writers but some writers when I think of like I don't know I don't know I think it's just a curious thought I'm not going to say it does or it doesn't happen so I guess there are some lucky writers and yeah i don't know sorry carry on no i was done i think i may have just interrupted you but oh, yeah i don't know i just i have to say like because that i think undervalues yeah i don't just write i don't just go sit down write i'm gonna write i have a very extensive planning period and lots and lots of documents of character profiles i'm as an actor i'm a very big naturalist actor and i love having backstories for characters that never get mentioned or never explored but that inform choices and i do l really think about that but what i'm saying is i don't think about it in the way of when we do in english shakespeare it's like oh he used the word pinch to insinuate that it was just a painfully small experience. Like, I use the word pinch because if I was having a conversation with someone, that's the word that I'd use. And I think that is where English literature, the study of English literature, loses young people and their interest in particularly Shakespeare because it's basically a foreign language that you're analysing. Yeah. And then you're told that, oh yeah, it's a foreign language, but it's not just a conversation. It means this and it means this and it means... It's overwhelming. And they're like, no, it doesn't. They're just having a chat. What about you? What do you think about... I completely agree. I find people... the major, uh, Some people find it intimidating mm. because it is not inverted commas, real words and language that yeah. we use. And neither was it at the time. Yeah, um, that's not how they used to speak, um, which is really fascinating. Um, personally, since day one, I, I've loved English and I love language and words. Words, words. Get it? It's fine. It's fine. What was that? Is that Hamlet. I've never read. Okay, we're gonna Hamlet. no, no, we're not even gonna talk about this yet because that's a whole different topic. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I love words, and uh, literally, I remember when I was eleven, I used to find a word and like the sound of it and put it in a sentence where it doesn't make sense, 
and in hindsight I think it kind of did help me because it may have suggested that I was a conscientious student who liked language so Shakespeare appealed to me yeah again I'm like you I'm very analytical but for other people who don't like reading aren't interested in words I can understand why it isn't appealing because along with the study of words it's a different language that doesn't actually really make sense on the surface yeah but I mean I would argue that even as someone who loves English and loves Shakespeare stories I find when I first read a Shakespeare text or if I was watching a Shakespeare text without knowing anything about the story I find it incredibly overwhelming and I will often just go nah Mm -hmm. when you and this is gonna sound weird it's kind of the same with subtitled films yes because you have to focus so intensely on the action and the subtitles and basically when you're watching Shakespeare you're doing the subtitles the translations in your head so you have that extra level of concentration yes so I have two questions for you then do you so you're saying do you prefer watching or reading Shakespeare um it depends I love reading it and I sometimes enjoy watching it I'd say probably reading because I enjoy reading it pretty much all the time with a modern English translation next to me I have to use a No Fear Shakespeare um, book or website because I will not understand it otherwise Mm -hmm. Uh, and watching it really depends on the production and the way they do the production I really 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 like when they modernize Shakespeare I saw King John at the Royal Shakespeare Company um what's it called the theater the globe the globe yeah <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> um, we went on a school trip to watch king john and it was so good oh my gosh it was amazing it had like sort of like drum and bass music underscoring it and it had a female oh yeah a young female king john um oh it was brilliant i loved it i was just gonna ask um I think it's just more of a suggestion and I think you'll relate to it. I think as um, a performer, when I watch something, I I enjoy watching Shakespeare a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But as an actor, I think it appeals to me um, in regards to learning text because I think it teaches you the fundamentals of how to tackle text and character. Because um, of all the, he was um, a sucker. He was a poet, essentially. He was a sucker for imagery, sucker for using the uh, meter, but then not, and questioning why, and oh, it's Azura. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And as an actor, like, if I feel like if you can tackle Shakespeare, you could really tackle any piece of text and character. I think as well, because you're having to put in the work. You can't just, with contemporary texts, you can pick them up and um, learn the lines pretty two-dimensionally. And you can be a brilliant actor and act it phenomenally and everyone can applaud your performance. But the work that has got into it has just been learning lines. Whereas with Shakespeare, you are forced to 
go into like you actually have to do the work you can't get away with just learning the lines yeah I was gonna ask another thing yeah um do why do you think that as actors or in English we place so much emphasis on his work because I think it's um crazy universal I think the themes I think the characters I think the messages are things that everyone can relate to in some capacity um I mean if you look at how many of his plays have been retold in a modern way and still make total sense whilst keeping the message at heart if you look at Romeo and Juliet there's so many modern interpretations um and so so much of his sort of fundamental story points are have become tropes and archetypes for drama and film and plays and tv and books and poems i just think and i mean i know it existed before plays existed before poetry existed before but i think the range he shows of themes and messages and people in his work is great i agree i agree um and then again as i was saying before i think another reason is because it makes you think critically mm -hmm. it, as actors as people learning yeah. to read and read between the lines it's complex stuff just as a bit of trivia um what's your favorite play what's your favorite quote and what's your favorite role my favorite of shakespeare's yes shall we alternate so we do favorite play yeah. first mm -hmm. my favorite shakespeare okay i have sort of like a sentimental favourite and then like an actual favourite. So my sentimental favourite is Twelfth Night. I love, it was the first Shakespeare that I performed. Um, it, I have been using a monologue from it for my drama school auditions. I can see you as Malvolio. I can see oh. you. <gasps> I haven't been doing Malvolio actually, I've been doing Sebastian. That's my. Yeah, you're going to play him. I'm just putting it out in the universe. It will happen at some um, point. Any other one? I can't really say my like real favourite. And this is really, really like basic. I love Macbeth. I love Macbeth. What's yours? What's your favourite? Hamlet, all the way. Yeah, so I haven't seen or read Hamlet. Um. It is the single, some of the language in it is the most profound and wise and emotional mm -hmm. things I have ever read. Um, I think it is so good that I would be scared to ever even touch it as an actor. Really? Really. I think it is precious precious stuff so what is your favorite quote um i really like in king lear um the wheel has come full circle 
Mm. Um, I just think it's really cool. Um, I, I, I just think, yeah, it's <laughs> from a drama perspective, um, the idea of the start and the end and cyclical structure. I love that. And then if you apply it to a wider cyclical life, like that whole idea of you come from the earth, you return to the earth in death. You need to read Hamlet then. But just again, because in Hamlet it talks about how kings and peasants will all get eaten by worms in the ground. Mm. You need to, oh my God, I'm so excited for you, Scotch. Uh, sorry, and then what's your... Your favourite quote? You haven't told me your favourite quote. Oh, my favourite quote. Um, just from a sentimental perspective, it's actually quite a funny story. Um, it's Hermia's, though she be but little, she is fierce. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think my one that like really sticks in my brain is Hamlet, when he says, oh, a step, not the modesty of nature, um, in regards to how to act. Uh, just from an actor perspective, yeah, I really so. like it how him, Shakespeare, in the 16th century was able to realise that. Yeah. And how now, how performers <laughs> wreck it in his shows, essentially. And then last thing, what's your dream role in a Shakespeare play? Um, this is one I'm very vocal about, and it's Lady Macbeth in Macbeth. Amazing. I, I <gasps> would just love, I would love, love, love to do a gender-flipped version of Macbeth. Um, or even an sort of LGBTQ plus version of Macbeth, because I think changing Lady Macbeth to a man, um, it it will then pose sort of domestic abuse questions more than are kind of posed in relation to the play, because I think if a society saw a man treating Macbeth the way that Lady Macbeth treats Macbeth, they would domestic abuse would definitely be a very big theme of the play. And this is why I do think you are brilliant. What about you? I'm in a paradox, but it would be Hamlet, even though I will never touch it because I'm too scared it's Hamlet, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He is universal. Um, Sorry, the words are universal. Um, The character... I think is the most three-dimensional character I have ever read or seen in any piece of media. Mm-hmm. That or Erin Brockovich, but that's just a bit obscure in London. There is so much more I would want to ask you, but we could do this forever. So yeah. let's move on to you. Um, really quickly, if anyone is listening to this and is bored or interested in Shakespeare, BBC iPlayer have, I think it's seven or eight plays, Shakespeare plays from the RSC uploaded, um, professionally recorded. And there's a couple of crackers on there. So get yourself there. It's called Culture in Quarantine, I believe. That's the series. And then there's just lots of different plays. Oh, Sam, what have you brought to the virtual table this week? This week, I have brought to the virtual table Adele. Knew it. <laughs> Knew it. I've already broken a sweat. Um, oh, so, I love you. if you are listening to this, re- um, as it's being uploaded, 
you'll know that Adele has recently been in the news. If not, then I'm about to tell you. She has been in the news because she posted a photo on her Instagram for her birthday and she has visibly lost a large amount of weight. Um, And I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, and? But it's been like a really big, like kind of news story of Adele's lost all this weight. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to talk a bit about that. I mean, you posted something, you shared something on your Instagram a few days ago. and it was basically saying all of her other achievements. So she has one Oscar, 18 Billboard Music Awards, nine Brit Awards, 15 Grammys, 11 Guinness World Records, 147 awards in total, all before the age of 30. She has a son. She is an ordained minister. She is an ally of the LGBTQ plus community. She is philanthropic. 21 her album is the best-selling album in the uk for a solo artist and still a huge fixation in the media has been on her weight because she came into the industry as a slightly larger girl and for the majority of her career so far she's stayed that way so when she posted this photo of her losing what is suspected to be about a hundred pounds, seven stone. Um, People have been saying, I don't recognize her. She looks scary. I feel uncomfortable seeing Thin Adele. And then lots of people have also been praising her. You've lost all this weight, congratulations. You're so beautiful, you look so good. And I just wanna hear a bit about what you feel about this fixation in the media on weight. I have a few yeah. other people I'm going to... Yeah, mention. I was going to say, this isn't about Adele. <laughs> this but isn't Adele about Adele. started the conversation for me. Um, I really kicked myself. And this is why, before this podcast, I was saying, Sam, I do actually think you are fiercely intelligent. I think, as a person, I'm quite narrow-minded sometimes. I feel like I don't know enough, and I don't think critically enough. So I posted that post, you're paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but something about like, these are so amazing and yet you're fixating about her weight. Mm-hmm. What a hypocrite. And I would never have thought that. Can you explain why have, yeah, you're saying you're a hypocrite? Of course. Because by posting it on my social platform, whereby I have the potential as a public profile for whoever to what uh, to read it and have that in their brain i am validating this fixation on weight because although it is the alternative argument it, the topic is still weight and body weight mm-hmm. um and that is probably because i am a subject of society and a society that fixates on weight i'm not better i'm not saying i'm better than it but having such a conflicted mind about it, as I'm sure the majority of people unfortunately do, sometimes I do get lost in the crowd. Yeah. Well, I I messaged you about you posting that on your story, didn't I? And by the time I messaged you, you'd actually deleted it. Um, I was about it. But I didn't look at it from when you posted it and think how dare you share this? 
I was agreeing with everything on that post about these are all her fantastic achievements. Why do we feel the need to focus on her weight? And I didn't look at you and think you're a hypocrite for posting this because you're fixating on it. That's not how I viewed it. And that's not what I messaged you, was it? I, I think I messaged you something about, I agree, but we need to think about the reasons for why she's lost this weight. And you obviously- said, You see, I agree with this, but I just hope she lost weight because she wanted to, not because of societal pressure, proving she is better coping better after her divorce. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, for me, I just, I'm so annoyed at myself that I have to prove that I think that and I have to publicize it. That's why I think it's hypocritical. We can talk about it, but it's a shame that I have to feel like I have to publicize it. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that's you being hypocritical. I'm, whoa, I ate my words there. I wouldn't say that is you being hypocritical. I would say that is you trying to sort of reject this standard of society. That's, that's the way I took it. I didn't take you posting that to be anything other than a rejection. No, no, I know. I know, but I know your clever mind, where it's rooted at. And if I try really hard, I can match it. And you you hit the nail on the head. And like, I'm very grateful that I have a friend like you to be able to debate about it Mm -hmm. or question it. I think that is true friendship. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. a digression. I loved it though. Um, But I thought, I feel like it takes people drawing attention to her other achievements and saying, we need to focus on that. That is going to make that shift in society from a superficial society to a non-superficial society. I couldn't think of a better word, but um, just a a few other celebrities who and this doesn't just happen to celebrities i know this happens on everything and everyone but people who have had a lot of scrutiny about their bodies and their physical appearance lizzo dynamo christina aguilera jennifer hudson kirsty alley demi lovato elton john um and renee zellweger that one i find really interesting because Bridget Jones is allegedly an overweight, air quotes, character. And if you look at Renee Zellweger in that, in those films, she's no, by no means overweight, like unhealthy. She is in no way, shape or form unhealthy. She is a very, she looks very healthy in those movies and she got slated in the media for putting on the weight and she got slated for losing it all again. I think we can come up with a conclusion here. Um, You're going to lose weight, you're going to gain it, you're going to look the way you are. People will always have a judgment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, oh God, when we've been going on these walks, I so one day it was on the Friday I felt gross I just felt disgusting Mm -hmm. and I wore these baggy shorts and this baggy top and I tried to clear my brain and I find that a lot of the time baggy clothing very comforting because it almost like 
disassociates my body with myself. And then the following day, I felt sexy and beautiful and I put on this dress and I was walking. And then we were near a car park station. And when I say I was probably looking for it because that's what my brain tells me to do. That's a whole different topic. This woman looks at me up and down and my sister noticed. And it's just the judgment, the judgment. And I wish I could say, you know what? I don't care. Unfortunately, I do. Yeah, of course. a lot of I try, I make the effort to look at someone in the eye and actually get to know them. Because a lot of the time, people can't help it. They could have actual problems when it comes to me- metabolism. Who knows? Who cares? Clearly me, but not me. Clearly you, but not you. Clearly yeah. all of us, but not all of us. There's a fat dichotomy. And, ah. Uh, I just wish that I wasn't superficial. But that I think that's extending beyond just weight and body image. Everything that we seek, there is a level of superficiality in that. And I 100%. think I think it is okay to have a certain standard of wanting things that you think look nice and wanting yourself to look nice because you want to feel comfortable in yourself i think that is okay yeah what i don't think is okay is when other people enforce their standard of beauty or their standard of nice on you and i think that's what the biggest problem is and it's not about whether you are 13 stone or seven stone if you like the way you look at 13 stone great if you like the way you look at seven stone great Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't because of your own views, let's not get into what are your own views and what are views that have been, views that have, you've been sort of um, indoctrinated with. Um, if you want to put on weight or you want to lose weight, do it as long as you are healthy, as long as you are happy, as long as you are doing it for you and no one else. Yes. Do you think in society there is a perfect weight or a perfect look and do you think we place a heavier emphasis on people who we perceive to be overweight or people that we perceive to be underweight what was the second uh, second question place more of an emphasis on either under or over okay yeah. i'd argue I don't... there's no perfect and that's not just a view that I have of like me thinking everyone's perfect and me coming no. up with this flowery bullshit. I genuinely think in society there isn't an agreed paradigm of perfection. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Why? Because, well, firstly, it's all culturally relative. Secondly, um, that's what we were talking about last week, weren't we, with makeup. Um, exactly. Secondly, I think it's back to the idea of everyone has their different things idea and view of what is nice so everyone has their different idea of view of what is perfect Mm -hmm. also i think all of us are because of society conflicted with what your weight you'll sometimes love it and you'll sometimes hate it so the idea of perfect will shift Mm -hmm. or who you compare yourself to yeah there are days where i'm like oh my god i wish i could rock that the way you're rocking it and then there are other days where i look at someone else and i'm like oh my god 
I wish I could rock it the way you're rocking it. Um, and then in regards to over and underweight, I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of the time I don't want to know because I know it can be triggering. You know, I ignorance is bliss at the yeah. end of the day. I feel like a lot of the time I almost just resort to like you're a person, what's wrong? Let's talk. I actively try that and obviously subconsciously in my brain, my brain's going like uh, 100 miles an hour. But uh, we all have our troubles. Let's just talk as two brains, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> that was really like long-winded, yeah. but I don't know because I don't think I want to. Yeah, yeah I, 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 don't think, I don't think there is an answer. I don't, I think with stuff concerning society and concerning people, there's never one answer. Mm. Um, you can't, we, we, we've talked a lot, for some reason we talked a lot about generalizations. And I think this is one thing you really, really cannot make generalizations with. Yeah. I think, oh gosh. I just want to quickly talk about, before we end, I want to talk about Lizzo, just as an example, who's in my head at the moment. And I know I've been we've focused quite a lot on women and women's body image in this conversation. Men's body image is a whole other can of worms and the really desire is. to be muscular and six foot and tall, dark, handsome, that trope, that's a whole other conversation. But Lizzo is very body positive. Yeah. And very uh, um, open about her, like, acceptance of all body types and all ev- everybody is a beautiful body, that whole idea. I would argue that by, although she is taking sort of control and very openly saying, I know I'm a big girl, and I'm proud to be a big girl. That is still a fixation on weight and superficiality. Of course. And I could argue that that is just as negative as someone saying to Christina Aguilera, because I just happen to know that she's, I've watched a documentary about her, very interesting woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone saying to Christina Aguilera, you need to lose weight. I'd argue saying, oh, you're you're a big girl and that's really great and that is your market you're putting someone into a box by doing that you know yeah i completely agree she's a a singer she's a pop star who cares if she's a size two or a size 20 i just i don't get why we care so much i'm getting angry i know know. because i care i care so much the size of my body I know, and to be honest, it's really weird because for me, it's more of a selfish thing. Yes, totally. I don't, I gen, I don't care what people. You know, I, you know what? This sounds really um, cocky, but I hand on my heart, do not care what people think about me, yeah. unless they've misunderstood me. When they've misinterpreted something, I'm like. I need to be clear because you need to understand my intentions. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
but when it comes to my flesh and my image i'm massively conflicted yeah and i know why um which is even more frustrating yeah because you know why, it's an irrational thought it. yeah yeah oh yeah so so is it time for wait how do we are we ending that conversation <laughs> That was the end of the conversation. That was the end of the conversation. I think. Do we want to sum it out? I don't think so. I think we should. Just, I think it's nice to sort of leave it on an open. I think it's a. Com I think we shouldn't sum up that conversation because I think <laughs> leaving it on an open. It leaves it as an open discussion. Yeah. And I think it. It shows that this is a conversation that needs that you can't just say yeah we've had it let's put a pin in it. It's an ongoing discussion it's an ongoing problem in society that needs to be addressed and needs to change and we're leaving it out there we are leaving the energy out there hoping that the little energy fairies pick it up mm -hmm. and do something about it uh. <laughs> right it is time for Quick player question to the quarantine, the quarantine. What? No, we're doing do it again. It. I didn't even okay, do it. Ready, time. ready? Okay, okay. This time for... <sighs> Quick player. I knew you were going to do that, so I didn't even do it. Okay. Quick right, I'm going to set a timer for... Oh, oh, okay. Quick fire questions and quarantine, the quarantines. Yeah, yeah. It's a special edition today, isn't it? Yes, it is because I don't know why. That's because it. all of the questions. Oh yeah, all of the, the same place. Yeah, it's from a best friend's staff. Okay, but Sam's asking them because I'm timing. Ready? Three, a two, and a one. Go. Is cereal soup? Go. I think milk is the soup for cereal. What? what is soup? What is soup? Putting milk in a bowl could classify it as soup. I don't even but think the soup is soup. Itself... I would argue even soup is not soup. Define soup. Soup is just soup doesn't exist. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with soup. It's such a horrible word. You keep saying it, and it's actually <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, the concept of soup, I don't agree with. I mean, I, I like eating it, but I don't, I don't think it's a thing. Next. Um, sorry, you hadn't finished, but I'm, I'm moving I'm on. I'm really baffled now. No, no, because... This isn't quick fire. Sorry. Go. I can't do quick fire. We know this. It is a hot dog. Why we have a... That's why we have a podcast. Nothing's quick fire about a podcast. Is a hot dog a sandwich? What's a sandwich? Why are you getting all philosophical? Um, yes. I'm going to say yes. Therefore, a burger is a sandwich. Yes, I'd agree. What? Um, what do you think of pizzas around? The boxes we put them in are square and we eat them as triangles. Say again. What do you think of 
pizzas are round, the boxes we put them in are square and we eat them as triangles. How exciting. Also, like, why not? Let's break them barriers of exclusive shapes. <sighs> I think it's just, um, confusing. It's actually pretty inefficient. It's like, I it's get really stupid, annoyed. No, I get really annoyed at the amount of cardboard packaging there is for some earrings I've ordered off of Amazon. Yeah. Never ordered earrings off of Amazon. But I get really annoyed because I'm like, it's a waste of space. I, yes, yes. It's like pizza itself, like being round. Why? Dough, Why because it? dough, because dough. Oh, oh, okay, that was a stupid stupid point um next question what do you think of the object of golf is to play the least amount of golf i don't know golf that well well the object of golf is you want to try and get like a hole in one that's like oh yes i understand um i think it's efficient and um i think it's like yeah i don't need to try to be good i think Oh, time! Oh no! You'll never know what I think about golf. <laughs> oh dear. I did a deliberately oh long pause because I knew the time was coming to an end, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Thanks much for that, Steph. Thanks, babes. I love you. Um, I really like those questions. No, if you, I... yeah, keep sending. Yeah, I can't speak tonight. So that's fine. Okay, this has been quite an interesting discussion it's been lovely actually. It's, it's been um i think it's been an important discussion because it's talked about something that we're both very interested in and something that we're both very passionate about i completely agree so i found it useful i hope you have i just love talking about oh. you narcissist love the sound of your own voice yeah Absolutely. No. No. Well, right. Okay. <laughs> go watch Shakespeare on iPlayer. And question the way you behave about other people's appearance. Yeah. Um, way I didn't. Stay safe. What is it? Stay, stay safe. safe. Stay isolated. Oh no, it's stay it's smiling. Now, isn't it? Stay, stay alert. Oh. Ah, la la la. That's la. a whole another conversation for another time. La 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 la. Right, we're gonna go and beef about Bojo. So it's yeah. been great. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.